Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, folks. I would like to introduce myself. My name is Payal and I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my melting pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi listeners, I'm back with another episode of Melting Pot, a series of conversations with some extraordinary people. And I think you've gathered that by now if you've been listening to my previous episodes. In today's episode, I'm in conversation with renowned visual artist from India, Sunil Padwal, who incidentally is also one of my personal favorites. So can you imagine my excitement at being able to chat with him and have him tell you, my listeners, a little bit about his journey? So thank you so much for being a part of Melting Pot. And I'm really, really happy to be talking to you today. So as I mentioned, I always like my guests to, and I don't refer to these conversations as interviews at all. They are like chat. And so, you know, so here I am chatting with you, really. (laughs) You know, tell me a little bit about your journey. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me, first of all. And thanks for such kind words. Yeah. And probably your listeners would know that uh, you have been collecting art for many years. You are, you yourself have been like an ardent fan of art and uh, you know a lot about Indian art. And uh, I mean, I just want our listeners to know that. <laughs> and, 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 and it's such a great way to connect with you after so long. Uh, and so I'm really happy and thrilled about this. Uh, and this is a good medium in a way. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I totally agree. And I also need to add here that I'm a huge collector of Sunil Padwal art as well. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so uh, well, where to begin? You know, I mean, uh, it's like uh, I started working, I mean, I passed out in 1989. And so many years I've been working in art field. Uh, I just give my brief background. So I grew up in an extremely humble lower middle class locality in South Mumbai, uh, a place called Kumbarwada. Probably lots of people wouldn't know that. And uh, while I hated the experience in school, I, I hated the schooling and the typical, uh, you know, the typical school where I get scolded by teacher, got beaten by teachers. I realized that I enjoyed drawing more than anything else during that time. Uh, I used to make chalk drawings on the walls in the chawl. 
and i remember on my art teacher's insistence i visited jj school of arts and luckily i got admission in fine art program and once there uh, i was actually over cloud 9 you know for, for a person who had like zero exposure of art jj was like a mecca for me and you know i was suddenly exposed to a new world where i got all the freedom i wanted and unfortunately because of financial pressure i had to switch from fine art to applied art uh, though i learned all the basics of art in uh, jj in both fine art and uh, in applied art both the art colleges i graduated in 1989 and after that i worked in advertising for about 5 years or so and so i soon realized that's not my cup of tea but i had no option but to work in advertising just to earn money and in 1994 thanks to rpg foundation i got my first break as i was able to exhibit my painting and that was actually a funny story i got a call when i was working in times of india and i got a call saying mr harsh goenka who was like a, a big art collector and art connoisseur in bombay he wanted to speak to me and i said who is this person so i remember adil jaiswala uh, a poet there who used to uh, write for time she said sunil should go and visit this person is like uh, really big in art i said okay so in in a couple of days i went and saw him he said are you an artist i said no i mean i want to become one but is so he said the all your work which has been published in press most of the illustrations and graphic design they all look like art i said yeah i wanted to follow but unfortunately i couldn't do it so he said uh, he offered me a show and that's really sweet of him and uh, i did that show and uh, luckily the show went well and i realized suddenly people started respecting you more uh, the the moment you turn into an artist uh, i was the same person doing the same kind of work in advertising and i continued uh, advertising and my practice for few years but soon realized that it's very difficult to concentrate on on both so i gave up advertising totally and almost like uh, 96 97 onwards i've been just concentrating on my art and god has been kind to me and Uh, everything fallen in its place and i started and enjoying art though it took long 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 time to you know to follow my or to get my right direction in art it took ages for me to for, discover myself as an artist but uh, i i guess that's like a learning curve for me when i was in advertising and later in publication and later i started as as a painter as well and uh, maybe uh, uh, advertising taught, taught a different thing altogether uh, to communicate uh, to a larger like how to communicate with masses in general but probably i, I couldn't able to finish my fine art course that was a, a drawback in in a sense that you know, the, the conventional uh, way how to approach art uh, i i missed out on that on that so there were like pluses and minuses of what i had gone through but looking back probably i mean i would have done better if i had completed fine art but no regrets now <laughs> uh, and uh, well and then uh, as i went further uh, doing paintings for many years after doing painting sculptures and installations i revisited drawings in 2004 i love drawings as a medium because it gives me engage you know my line drawings are a mirror of overlapping overlapping thoughts and which eventually transcends into interesting forms i mean, I mean that about the drawings i will talk 
later. But uh, why I mentioned drawings? Because the last almost 10 years I've been working on only drawings. So, so the path which I wanted as an artist probably I got after a long, long time. So uh, after almost 30 years of my art practice. So I mean, I mean, I, I can go on talking about. Uh, no, I'll get back to uh, how it's, I mean, uh, even when I was in final year of college, I remember this is in 1989 I'm talking about, we were celebrating 40 years of freedom. And that year we were celebrating for our freedom. And I said to my professor, let me do a campaign based on this. So he looked at me and said, why you want to do something uh, which is sociopolitical? I said, no, sir. You know, I mean, I want to question the reality. Why Why we have to be like this? So I did a, this, uh, this campaign based on the, the reality. I went to Delhi, met some ministers, and I never got the right answer even back then. <laughs> but, but I did, I mean, in my own naive way that time as a student and he said you're not offering any solution I said sir but you know it is some crazy questions so there itself I got my first uh, like uh, the reality check if you're as an artist or as, a, as even on like a communication any field you have to provide solutions I said how can I provide solution in the art so I said I can raise questions so that's how my art journey started and when I was doing illustrations as well I remember I used to get uh, tons of like articles written by well known art uh, like writers uh, back in Mumbai then and most of them had a similar story to tell about this urban living person and those stories were so interesting and and I had like limited time almost three three to four hours every day so I, I had created three four uh, protagonists like characters like most of them like uh, they never had like proper identity no features no visual recognition but yeah uh, no mouth as such and and I felt my psyche somehow reflected in that character most of the people who could see uh, a lot of things but turned blind eye and most of the things happening around uh, they could speak but never said a word in public and those character when I saw when I got the opportunity to paint I started painting those characters through those characters I developed my own uh, kind, of, kind of a naive kind of a language as an artist without anything else with how can I just communicate with this person whom unrecognizable and that's how you know I started painting so I just I just uh, giving you all this brief because you know just small small things and also when I go back to this I, I mentioned my humble background you know I, I there also I, I saw the underbelly of Bombay I said so many things which stayed with me and those those things one can't actually I wouldn't say repair but you know those precious memories plus the things where you personally have witnessed and so many things from riots to I've seen people I mean in the name of religion got killed uh, in front of me and from then yeah, um, because of this art then you travel a lot you see a different world so fortunately I've seen a lot in this my small career and all that has helped together or to form my own vocabulary and as I, I, I still question our our existence I still question lots of things happening around me so so it all boils down right now if you see my art is all about my surrounding and how I am questioning through my art in small small things which I see uh, the, the my preoccupation to document things to see things differently which probably are so mundane so inconsequential to most of most of us but I see those differently so uh, in short you know all if I had to summarize it everything together so all these small small things have made me you know 
not a better artist, but uh, made me a thinking artist right now, if, if I add that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think, so you're not, yes, of course, you do it for commercial reasons as well, but you're also, this is your form of expression, right? Yes, and yes. I think you, what you're saying is that you look very, there's like, awareness of what you see around you and you try and imbibe that not try but it comes naturally to you yes absolutely to imbibe that into your art so it's a form of expression right absolutely absolutely and as I, as I mentioned you know growing up in the dense and congested lanes and alleyways of south mumbai in 1980s i have found a deep connection to the streets the objects the machines animals and of course the social dramas that unfolded in on and those lanes that time and you know and other than the the labyrinth labyrinths of uh, my memory are inseparable from this labyrinth of the by lanes of old mumbai you know so it's it's so even if you see my work is so tedious so so intricate so uh, when i when i look back and i see you know so uh, i have to connect all those dots together Unless and I'm, I'm I'm saying all this because you, if you see my drawings right now, you know so uh, how uh, the present has been governed by my past, you know, and and how I'm twisting the present and the, the, the today's reality to create something poetic, you know, that eventually is an art form. As I mentioned, the observation of mundane, especially you know this one singular emo emotion, which probably I can't articulate in words. I'm trying to capture, you know, in my photograph or the or the drawings or any other medium I'm trying right now. So you're right, you know, it's, it's all boils down to uh, the, the reality, right, which I'm in right now, and also lots of memories which I've gone through. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so, you know, so that's what you, you mm. I mean, that's how you express yourself. I Absolutely. Mean, yeah, you don't, you know, as an artist, I guess, an, an artist of your, like you referred to yourself as a thinking artist, right? So yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. So I, mean, I, I mean, that's that. I mean, I mean, I don't want to emphasize on that. It's just that, like, yeah. I, I, yeah. No, no. I mean, the point that I'm trying to make is that. So, as a thinking artist, you yeah. you don't need to verbalize. You know, you the way you verbalize is through your work and Absolutely. through. Yeah. So, I mean, you're still verbalizing it, but you're expressing it and verbalizing it differently. So, you know, instead of speaking, you're speaking through your art. And that is quite, quite amazing. And, you know, um, um, I also, I mean, I've noticed that, you know, you, you were talking about your drawings and um, also your uh, earlier when you mentioned you know the nameless face or the yes. the, the face with no right. kind of you know just just the silhetto of a face and you right. kind of did all sorts of stuff with that right. um, you picked objects from the streets and you you know some mm, I mean your art and all the sculpturing that you do is right. Essentially, you pick up stuff from whatever you find on the streets or right or in a mechanic shop or something like that. So it's am I right? Is it like yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're right. Absolutely. You know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, even even us growing up in those like this violins of Chorbaja, Nalbajar, Ketwadi, Kamatipura, Kumarada, you know, uh, even as a kid, I was intrigued by the design and uh, the, the the withered look and interesting objects and uh, uh, 
and as I, as I started my art practice, I started collecting them. And there's a certain connect because of my childhood. And later, when I started using them, you know, uh, it's, it's my own way to actually elongate the life of that object. Otherwise, it's going to go to waste. So when I use it in an art form, somehow, uh, you know, I'm trying uh, to elongate the life of that object. And what uh, when and small, small thing. Right now, I did, I did a chair, uh, a makeshift barber chair you know you see on most of these roadsides in mumbai there's so many makeshift bomb or the old found barber chairs and there's a, like a, a, a interesting story to each chair if you see you know the the, the the poor guy wants to build like a swanky salon and unfortunately can't afford it the, the, this thing about to to be larger than life uh, his thing flex in the chair which he is operating on so you know the small small things like this intrigues me and you know uh, whenever I see them, I try to collect them and use them in my heart. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Payal, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. You also use a lot of digital, you know, uh, uh, forms of art as well, right? You, no, you no, 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 Every, no. Everything is hand done. I use a rotary. That's the thing when people get things that I'm used. Everything is this rotary isograph pen, which is so fine, and everything is hand done. Uh, I, I, I've done digital, like uh, when I do installation, and I mean, I've done installations earlier. That time I've done some digital work earlier, but last 10 years of my practice. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Nothing digital, no, nothing. So everything is absolutely um, everything is. Even even recently, I'm working on some stop uh, motion kind of animation. Even everything is uh, hand done, and everything I shoot on on my phone. And there's less of technology. I like this rawness, rawness, and I like this. Uh, I'm I'm slightly old school when it comes to uh, actually uh, presenting my art. In, in a weird way, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it's your process, Sunil. So, I mean, it's not weird. And I mean, it's nothing's right or wrong and nothing's weird and, and yeah. not. It's, it's, yeah, I know, but, you know, in an in, in art field, there always someone will be judging you. I mean, I mean, I, 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 I used to get bothered about that aspect earlier a lot, but uh, now I just don't care, honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I think you're, What's important is that it comes from within and it's what you feel, right? And I think yeah. that's 
and and that's what you put yeah, across. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, right now, yeah. it's more like a monologue. You know, I mean, it's uh, it took like ages for me to create this distinctive imagery to develop through this, you know, drawings. And it's actually therapeutic uh, practice for me. You know, such multi-layered, intimate drawings. They interplay between nature and urbanity, real and imaginary. There's so many things: cityscape, memorabilia. And as I mentioned, you know, suddenly this uh, urban reality twisting into an abstract form. So one doesn't know what is real, what is old, what is new. So I'm 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 actually confusing people with the the way they see time. You know, there are lots of aspects. And and when I when you ask me about uh, my work earlier and why you are explaining uh, all this so the reason i'm explaining because at one level it looks so simple but uh, i mean people have can have their own interpretation of it but there are so many layers attached to it and on top of after all these layers there are this uh, layer of this added layer of this object and uh, the, even the material the found material the pictures and the pictures which i took uh, i mean which i generally take and use in my art so it's slightly confusing people don't the audience generally don't know what is real what is uh, what is made now what is is uh, what what actually is found and uh, and not just that even the even the photographs from the old frames the back of it i've done drawing on drawing on it and on the on also the found family photos photos you know there's the history attached to it so I, and so there are multiple layers to my work and when i actually sit down with this so many like thoughts going on in my head of my observation of today's reality and I, when i sit and draw the line creates own form and it actually dictating or taking me somewhere else than what i had thought of so eventually the thing which i'm creating is though it's coming from the reality but it's a kind of a fiction in a way so it's very difficult to explain my work in words actually so you basically let you know your uh, audience decide for themselves absolutely as, uh, yeah it your reality and the way they interpret your reality could be completely different. Absolutely, so. and I believe in that kind of art, you know, where where you, which is where the art is open. You know, if, if its art is restricted to one direction, then in my book, that's not like a really good art. You know, if if one go, if you understand everything, then that's not a good art, I guess. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, you know, I mean, people talk about uh, he's a contemporary artist. Or he's a in you know he's Indian art or abstract art or modern art or you know the different uh, like yeah yeah that's labeling basically yes yeah, it's labeling correct so yeah. do you feel like you're labeled by you know the people who appreciate your art do you feel like you're labeled by them and do you agree I or no i'll be honest with you i mean as i as i as i honestly said earlier when i started off because because of the scenario which i've been put in i had no choice to but to continue in advertising and and i had a a different kind of way to approach art probably that time people labeled me a bit i and that's also my doing. I mean, I, I'm not like really blaming anyone. But as uh, as years pass by, as an as I, I probably am evolved as an artist, I think they can't label me anymore because I I, I tried so many different things. So I, I tried all the med mediums approaches in art, and finally I think 
I personally feel that you know, right now I'm on the right path, though I still have a lot to explore, a lot uh, to achieve in the path I have chosen. But right now it's difficult for anyone to label me. Yeah, probably they done that earlier when I was young as an artist. Yeah, I can say that. Do you have like a, I'm sure you have a global exposure as well, right? As an artist? Yeah, luckily, yes. Now, like last 10 years, yes. I mean, I've done shows earlier as well. I've done lots of shows uh, internationally. But uh, luckily right now with my gallery and gallery ski, I mean, the, the, way, the way I'm approaching art is totally different than what I was doing earlier. So, yes, the, the exposure I'm getting right now is totally different from what I got earlier. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's that's interesting. So, out of outside of India, which yeah. countries do you think you've had the maximum? You know, people have kind of understood and uh, appreciated your art. I mean, in India, everybody knows Sunil Patnaik, right? So, yeah. I mean, luckily, you know, I had like opportunity to show in Hong Kong thrice, uh, uh, but that with my earlier kind of. Uh, uh, hard practice and I've been received well in Hong Kong and and I, I done a show uh, with uh, drawings and uh, paintings uh, like amalgamation of both even that has been received well in Amsterdam but uh, if you see recently in Europe especially Basel and uh, what I'm doing right now with this this drawings and uh, the drawings on the on top of photos which I take, I've been received really well in Europe. I mean, I've been, I'm, a, I'm really glad about that uh, that aspect of it. Yeah, because I feel that your art, I mean, I've, I've had a glimpse of, you know, some of your, um, what you've done in terms of drawing over photos and, and, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I feel that it's very, it's not a typical kind of art and so and so I can understand why you know you are being appreciated in Europe yeah I mean it's it's not you know because like Indian art has a certain yeah I know what you're saying yes yeah you know it's very like okay you're either either painting Ganesh's or I mean there's nothing. Yeah, but luckily luckily that that has changed a lot if you say in the last 20 years you know that that has changed a lot and there are lots of conceptual Indian artists who are doing exceptionally well probably the th the problem is you know they they not have been um, as uh, well known in India as they are abroad, you know that's the catch, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But that, but that's that's the reality. But that's okay, I guess, you know. Yeah. With an artist, you can't really say what next. You know, like you can say that to an orphan. Say, okay, what's your next book? I mean, with an artist, you can't really, you can't really <laughs> do that, right? But clearly, your still evolving still discovering still creating you know which is which is so incredible so so tell me what is your process in in the sense that do you you know dedicate a few hours in a day to create to work in your studio or whenever you get an idea uh, you pick it up and then you kind of follow it with a series how 
what is your process? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that in like uh, two parts. If you ask me what next, so right now, I'm in, as I mentioned earlier, I'm enjoying this new like uh, medium. I mean, new for me, uh, the, the the videos and animation, and so I'm 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 rediscovering myself in that. So let's see how, where it takes me. And uh, and about the other question, see. Uh, as an artist, we are on 24-7. There's no, no, no like, uh, while I'm reading book, while I'm listening to Indian classical music, while watching a, some sci-fi series on Netflix, to like, you know, I'm mingling with people, uh, you know, this uh, conversation or beer of this uh, political reality right now. So uh, as an artist, I'm on 24-7. And I, I, I mean, you never know where it can click and you get the next idea. So it, it's, it's really difficult. Yeah, but once you get uh, a certain idea, to expand that into a series or... Uh, so it takes... Uh, sometimes um, you can't, like, predict that because... To find ideas can be easy, but to convert that into uh, like an interesting art form can be difficult at times. And I mean, I just, I, I know I'm, I've done different forms of like the, the themes. I thought the myopia I remember was about the myopic vision of our society. And most of the works were based on or related to the same subject. I remember the num the exhibition, uh, and it was about my state of mind during that time. And after that, the first exhibition of drawings, the soliloquies, notes from the drawing book, was kind of a monologue. It's more personal in nature. So, uh, I mean, they're like, uh, it all depends on what crossroads of life you are at that point. And uh, and as I mentioned earlier, the more you evolve as an artist, you start looking at things differently. And... Uh, Maybe I don't ask the same questions that I asked earlier in my art practice. I I am on a different kind of zone. I'm, I'm more subtle in my approach. You know, I'm, I don't. Uh, earlier I used to. Oh, I mean, the work was slightly louder. Right right now it's much more subtle. So that's a major difference in the art practice. And but but it's very difficult to predict predict uh, where the inspiration comes from. But fortunately, I'm in a city where. I mean, Mumbai is one city where you get everything on platter. I mean, it's uh, so that's like the biggest inspiration. I, I, and luckily, you you know you know about Mumbai. You know, even if you take a ride uh, in a in a local train or you go in a bus somewhere, I mean, it's it's not like a boring journey. You'll always find something interesting. So so yeah. that's that's the, the high the city gives you, and that that high also reflects in my work. Yeah, I get that because yeah. the city is just so vibrant. It's full of people. There's always so much going on. Absolutely. And you were talking about the by lanes and you, you know, all yeah, of that. It's like, yes. Yeah, as a stimulus for you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and not, nothing, a- nothing can beat that, you know. I mean, I mean, luckily, I mean, you also have traveled enough, but you know, something about Mumbai as a city, I mean, it has got its uh, pluses and minuses, it has major drawbacks and all that. But saying all that, the character and the the vibrancy, the the the, the people, it makes such a, like interesting. Uh, it's like an art in motion all the time, twenty four seven. <laughs> very well put and i think nothing can be said after that 
No, but uh, you have to witness it yourself. And I had add vada pav to that, add local food to that, add local flavors, and uh, and the filth and and dirty smells. And you have a lovely potpourri of of uh, of uh, uh, like a fiction which uh, you don't know who's the hero, hero and who's the villain. <laughs> <laughs> you you just kind of uh, one go with the flow to absorb it either you love it or you hate it but you know um, yeah but you you will never you, you can't ignore it you know that that's yeah. the thing yeah. and and it, it your good or bad experience that those will teach you a lot and it they will stay with you and i know lots of artists from mumbai you know the the way uh, i mean the, they see or they produce art and somehow you know they whatever they do do but they come back to their roots uh, and that's uh, mumbai or bombay you know uh, bombay was earlier uh, because I, i always said bombay and mumbai because i have different memories of bombay and different memories of mumbai <laughs> no because you know for me it's like i could never understood that uh, the the equestrian statue of king edward when they moved and they uh, took it inside and it's not easy to erase our colonial past in like one action i mean um, we we've been brought up like that with i mean whatever said and done you know someone had ruled our country and it's not easy to erase that past i know that's the way i look at things yeah yeah i mean well that could be a whole new Absolutely. new <laughs> new episode so thank you so much sunil i mean i've really enjoyed my conversation with you and i'm sure the listeners will no, also pile i must admit i'm not really good at all this but you know with you uh, i mean i since i know you for many years and i know the way you see art the way the way you understand art probably i, I was more open to you <laughs> you know thank you so much for this opportunity <laughs> thank you yeah. and i hope i made you comfortable <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> Okay. You, you. Before we started the conversation, you were, you know, you said, "Oh, I'm." Mm, yeah, I because I know I'm generally not very fluent. I mean, I'm still not fluent, but you know. <laughs> oh, but you, you've just flowed. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm sure my listeners would absolutely enjoy this this conversation. I so. hope so. I hope so. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much, Sunil. Thanks, Sunil. Don't you think he's so honest about himself? and the way he talks with such ease about his humble upbringing what inspires him as an artist how he has evolved over the years in his creativity using different medium experimenting not trying to conform to me he spoke straight from the heart i think it's the sign of a true artist anyways i'm a big fan of his works as i already mentioned at the start of the conversation so it was so amazing listening to him talk about his journey also the love that he has for the city of mumbai in india is just so palpable and the way he describes it you almost imagine that you are there <laughs> and he also describes the streets of mumbai the people talks about the city that never sleeps and where and how the people are so resilient all of it is so true and if you've had any links with that city you would completely get that for more such wonderful stories of very inspiring people do continue to listen to melting pot with me pile
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.